The episode of TSBOF, the podcast that follows, can and will contain coarse language, um, profanity, which is another form of coarse language, I imagine, and um, maybe some spoilers and inside information on popular media and things of that nature. If you don't want to know, don't listen. And if any of those things offend you, I would implore you, don't listen. Implore, not implore, implore you. But don't listen, but you should still play it and maybe like have it run in the background while you take a shower or you're cooking because that way we get them spins and spins equals wins if you get if you dig what I'm saying. But other than that, enjoy the following episode. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. So, uh, as I said in the intro, this episode is going to feature uh, the first in our, um, in what I'm calling, I, I'm sure that Brian co-signs. Brian actually couldn't be here to uh, record this uh, segue into the interview. He wanted to, though, but uh, he, not, like we always say, time and life gets in the way. But this is the inaugural edition of what we're calling the TSBOF Summer Interview Sessions. This session and the inaugural one, as I said 17 times in the last two seconds, is is featuring Dan Frega. Now, you will see or hear, I'm all over the place tonight, uh, but you will hear in the interview that I butcher his name about 75 times times at least and then I, I definitely apologize for that um i'm gonna try to refer to you as fragaboom or fargaboom <laughs> if i fuck it up um but uh, brian and i met fragaboom at uh this year's motor city comic con and he was a cool guy we struck up a conversation about uh work he had done for marvel back in the day he's best he's Probably best known for his work at Image and Extreme Studios, headed by Rob Liefeld, of course, creator of Deadpool, where he created um, Bloodstrike and 
Black Flag and a myriad of other books. Uh, sorry about that. You know how my shit goes. Um, that's another email coming in. Um, so when I met him, he was such a cool guy. I decided, like, you know what? Let's get this guy on the show. Then I reached out to him via the electronic mails, and he, he was a cool guy, very aggressive with his time, and agreed to come on the show. So this is part one of a two-episode interview that we did with Dan Frega. Um, this one's going to basically center in on the business side of comics and censorship that I didn't know existed in the comic book industry. Uh, that's me getting a text again and you probably heard all that shit too. And I apologize, but it's clearly I'm very unprofessional. Um, so we're going to talk about that in this first part. It's a little short, but we'll come back for part two where we get in depth about his artwork and everything he's done and the changes he's made to it. Uh, stories about his other career as a storyboard artist and things, things like that. But I want to focus the first one in on the business and the comics, some inspirational words from Dan. Um and mainly the censorship that happened. And that's where our conversation kicks off, already in progress, as you'll see in a moment here. But remember, this is the first episode, well, the first in our series of summer interviews. Uh, we have some more coming up for you. Um, we did a lot, of, a lot of networking at this year's Motor City Comic Con. And I won't tell you everyone else who's coming on, but Dan Frega is the best way to possibly kick it out. He was, he was amazing. And, um... I think I, I think he's a friend of the show now. <laughs> Whenever he has anything else coming up, hopefully he'll come on the show and let us talk about it and discuss it. Um, so essentially, um, like I said, we're going to start the uh, conversation where we're already in progress. We're talking about um, his issues of Wolverine in the early 2000s, circa 2001, and the censorship that he experienced. So have a little music, then we'll... we'll We'll be good for Farga. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. point because i uh have the three issues here of, of, of the uh, blood sport arc and i see that um in the first issue he has the uh, cigars that's correct but so then like they make the changes in the second th- and third issue yeah well no it was uh they here's the funny thing in the first issue there were changes that had nothing to do with the cigar they said that i drew the violence too graphic so <laughs> So I will send you – I'll send him all three issues to you via WeTransfer, and you can see him. But, like, when he's fighting Speed Demon and Speed Demon's throwing all these blades at him, uh-huh. uh, Wolverine using his forearms as shields. So then when he – and he has them sticking in his arms, right? Bam, 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 blood squirting out. Then when he goes to fight Speed Demon, he still has them all in, in his arms because he's going so fast he didn't have time to take them out. 
So he he goes and goes at him like that. So I was thinking more of a visceral thing. And uh, they said, no, 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 man, that's way too much. So the bullpen uh, took out they took out all the extra. And uh, same thing, same thing with um, on issue, uh, same issue 167. If you uh, if you it's mostly the fight stuff. Like if I go through down starting, OK, on page 12, we're good. But page uh, 13 is oh, where of 168 of 167. There's a shot of Speed Demon. Like the first shot is a wide shot of them inside this like glass tube, and yep. then then Speed Demon flicks out his blades. He throws a bunch of Wolverine. Wolverine in my pencils, like I said, catches him with his forearms, ta 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 ta, and then elbows uh, dude in the chin. Well, in my pencils, all those blades are still stuck in Wolverine because he's Wolverine. In the uh, finished version, they took out uh, all the blades okay. uh, on page 13 and 14. And then, let's see, uh, Taskmaster scene was fine. I think the Toad – oh, the Toad scene where he slices his tongue, I, I think they changed that. I'm pretty sure they changed that. Um, it's like page 20 or so. There's okay. a let me see what did they do? Da 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 go spits da da uh, throws him, wax him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, on page twenty, there's a shot of Toad holding Wolverine up in the air with his tongue, and then they show the next panel is a close up of Wolverine's hand grabbing his tongue. Okay. And and then you've got uh, Toad screaming, ah, let go of my tongue. Mm-hmm. In my pencils, Wolverine cuts his tongue off. <laughs> and um, and you you can see in that panel where he's whipping him that there's an end of the tongue. In that panel, there's blood gushing out of it. And then in the panel of Wolverine walking away from Toad, there's a puddle of blood by his tongue. Oh wow! So yeah, and then on the next page, when you have this uh, the the African warrior dude come in, uh, in this one drove me crazy. The last page of that issue is uh, Mr. X looking like he's throwing his fist up. Yay, mm-hmm. I love my fist. In my pencils, he's holding the severed head of the, his champion. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so that so changed a lot. Yeah, it changed a lot. And that, and then that's what happened on the next issue, uh, 168, with the cigars. They They didn't tell me, and they took all the cigars out and all of him smoking and uh you know there's just like weird faces of wolverine like on uh i forget what page it is but he looks like he's like going woo, but mm-hmm. he's not he's actually smoking a cigar in in my pencils so now is that a uh, time but, frame no. like for marvel trying to kind of i won't really say anti-smoking but trying to get like characters which wolverine which is a character known predominantly for smoking cigars over the years like, yeah, I think I think what it is is like as an adult as as adults we can justify it. We can go Wolverine has a healing factor, so smoking doesn't affect him. But if you go into uh, what is called uh, standards and practices, the S and P, the the idea that a character that a kid emulates uh, smokes makes the kid think that potentially, if the kid's not thinking things through, that he needs to smoke as well. <laughs> and 
And I know I'm, my mother, my mother died of lung cancer uh, from smoking, right? And, and I'm not like super anti-smoking, but I also don't think kids should be smoking. So I wasn't mad at their decision at all. Uh, the way in which they popped it on me, I wasn't happy with because right. I right. would have rather them say, hey, can you fix these? And I would have fixed them to to look okay, but much like the previous issue, uh, it, it turned into some really wacky looking stuff. Or at the very least, if they could kind of give you, I mean, do they give you a lot of uh, heads up? Heads up on like, hey, you know, I know this is something Wolverine's known for. Or, hey, I know he's a violent character, or he is known for cigar smoking. We're trying to step away from that. So if you could draw, they they gave me the heads up after. <laughs> yeah, this is and the, and and I'll tell you this is what happened. They, their notes to me were we're trying to tone down violence and we're tone, we're killing all the cigarettes. And then the next issue, one sixty nine, I was both super excited and also super bummed out because during this time, this was uh, two thousand one. Yep. And and. Uh, this is uh, I, I drew actually uh, one of the double pagers in 168. That morning is when the the planes hit the twin towers, mm. uh, right? So I actually drew that page on September 10th and September 12th. It was a double pager, and the only thing I drew on September 11th was this American flag on this guy's head. So that was sort of the the climate of the world at right. the time. So. The thing that had happened with one issue 169, like I said, I was very excited, but also kind of like, well, damn. <laughs> uh, and, and this has happened to me a couple times at Marvel, actually. Uh, I'll tell you the first time. The first time was uh, I always wanted to draw Spider-Man. Spider-Man's my favorite character. Course, yeah. And I got asked to draw a fill-in issue of Spider-Man. Holy smokes. My dream has come true. Uh, it was for Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, issue minus one. Okay. I own that. Sp- yeah, Spider-Man appeared in two panels. <laughs> <laughs> page one and then the last page. And the a whole Frame story was like a, was a story about Gwen Stacy's dad uh, and her, her yep. uncle and the, the proto-goblin. And I'm like... Okay, I got to draw Peter Parker when he was ten, meeting Norman Osborn. That's awesome, <laughs> but but I didn't get to draw Spider Man doing Spider Man stuff, so I was a little bummed. Who so did this the cover? Time on, I did. Okay, I did the cover. Yeah, it was uh, an Al Milgram ink me. It was uh, oh, nice. another one of those things. He was a uh, uh, one of those childhood heroes. Yeah, man. You're like, oh shit, that's dope. What uh, was that? Then, Peter Parker, Spider Man minus Angel? one. Mi- minus one. Oh, it minus was one? the month that they did all these minus one. Flashback issues. month. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, that flashback, that's right, that's exactly what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on Wolverine 169, I got the script, and this, the, the timing on this coincided with them saying, you got to tone back violence and no more smoking. This is when I got the notice, but I had received the script that morning before they had really? told me about all this stuff. And in the script, it says that Wolverine is with his teacher, Ogun, and a bunch of ninjas come. And they whoop the shit out of all these ninjas. And, uh, you know, I'm like, hell yeah, Wolverine, ninjas, battle. This is what it's all about. And this is then extreme. I got the call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, this is the, I get the call. And uh, they said, listen, you can't show um, any bloodshed. 
You can't show anything slicing through anybody. You can't show uh, anybody getting impaled, like stabbed. Um, and uh, so no slicing, no stabbing, no blood. And this is uh, a fight between uh, Wolverine, his teacher, Wolverine with his claws, his teacher with his sword, and ninjas with swords. And then, uh, well, and then also, then it is River fucking ring. I mean, that's what he does. He has claws in his hands. Right, right. So I said, <laughs> wait, I have to draw a fight, a sword and claw fight with ninjas. Right. I'm not allowed to show slicing, cutting, blood, stabbing, or anything. This sounds that's like right. Teenage Mutant Turtles 2 when, uh... Michelangelo, like no, when Don had like sausages and stuff like that. Oh, Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of the nerd intros were allowed yeah. to use their weapons. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So I was just like, oh man. So if you if you look at that issue, you can see that like that I tried to solve that problem as creatively as I could, right. g- given the guardrails that they gave me, which were just terrible. They were, you know, <laughs> it was. You know, uh, I, I was like, okay, well, if I make the establishing shot beautiful, and when I make the ninjas show up, it'll be cool looking. But as soon as they fight, you'll see I have him jumping into action. I got silhouettes. I have a lot of punches. Right. A lot, a lot of swords coming together, and then the fight's over. And then, and you're like, well, that wasn't anything. I think that that that's nothing. And then the the stabbing one. Yeah. I could do it in silhouette. They said I could do it in silhouette. But no blood. No blood, darn it. If you put blood in there, we'll erase your blood. Well, well so, man, I, I do see uh, there's a little bit of blood on his, his Simpsons, uh, uh blaze on page four. A little bit. Yeah, but the blood didn't come out of anybody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's the thing. that You yeah. never see blood come out of anyone. And in fact, when you go to the next page after he stabs dude, yeah. I can have the sword in guy, but I can't show you what it looks like coming out of his back. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so I, see that. All I li- see that. These are all these are all little little things I was told uh, during this whole time of like don't no smoking, cut the violence down, no you know, and it was just one of those like, ah oh, man. Well, like dang. my natural inclination, you know. What's what? up? Okay, so how did the script read though? Like, I feel like that's something that Marshall told Frank Tyeri. Uh, well, they they did, and for Frank, here there's a thing, there's a term that we use in uh, production, and it's called cow, right? Okay. And what cow is an acronym for convenience of writer. Okay. Okay. So, for example, the Marvel style script is generally uh, generalized. So, for example, uh, establish a shot of da-da-da uh, Japan. Wolverine is with his sen- sensei meditating. Suddenly, they're surrounded by ninjas. A challenge is made. There's a, a battle between Wolverine, Oga, and ninjas ensues with Wolverine and his sensei winning at the end. That's, that's how it's written. Gotcha. Okay, and so it's up to me as an artist, again, this is Marvel style, it's up to me as an artist to convey that battle and how they win, right? And in the old days, uh, or the days where it was like there were no guardrails, I would have choreographed that thing. I would have made it, because 
I gave this advice. I'll, I'll tell you, I gave this advice twice yesterday, and it and it holds true for anybody that wants to do uh, comic books, that wants to do music, that wants to do anything. And my number one one rule is, uh, be your very first fan. And right. what I mean by that is. Because uh, this kid, this very cool little little boy yesterday, he's about nine, showed me his artwork, and it, and it had Captain America fighting this guy. And his storytelling was okay up until the fight scene. The fight scene, he just put boom, pow, and then at the end he says, <laughs> Captain America saves the day. Oh, right? Yeah. And I said, I said to him, if you were to read this comic book, wouldn't you like to see Captain America save the day? Wouldn't you want to see how he saved the day? Like, that's what you want to see, right? He's like, yeah. I said, so be your your first fan. Draw what you wish you could see. Make music uh, you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Make something that you go, when you're done, the, the, the other sort of paraphrase that I told my buddy yesterday, because I'm drawing covers now, it's like, what's your mindset? I said, I want to draw something that at the end of it, uh, it's so dope, I don't want to sell it. Right. <laughs> because, because I want it. I want it. Right? right? So if you have that mindset, that's the mindset I enter into anything. I want I want to be like my first fan. I want to be the audience member that goes, yeah. And that's not like, that's not cockiness. That's It's literally a mindset because if you right. can't make yourself go, yeah, how are you going to make anybody else do it? You know what I mean? That's you can't, there's, there's no, you know, there's no taking half steps there. You literally have to go all the way and make yourself feel yourself. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I felt sort of restrictive in with those, that particular issue of Wolverine was, uh, I, I, it, it was like tell wrapping someone in, in saran wrap and saying, dance your ass off. Right. <laughs> you know, and you're like, so I can do the worm. I can do the centipede. You know, but, but you know, you're not able to like, you know, shine. So, uh, anyway, I still, you know, I still love Marvel and I love my editor. And, and I know that that was again, the climate at the time and seasons change, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but that's, that's kind of the story behind that. Yeah. the long and short of it and clearly like that wasn't really probably even a team who, who was on the book that's that's just a, that's a corporate mandate and we all have corporate that's mandates. exactly yeah. i had a great team man everybody every all my mike marks was my editor michael mm-hmm. rach was my assistant editor yep. um frank terry was the writer norm ratman was inking me um oh. you know uh you know had a very very amazing color team. Yeah, I mean every. I mean Barry everybody. Barry Windsor Smith covers, everybody. bro. Barry Windsor Smith covers. Yeah. And yeah, Barry Windsor Smith and Sean Chen covers. Uh, you know, I had Avalon's Raymond Lee coloring me. I mean, yeah. I had uh, all, all. Everything is was to the good, but the the thing. Yeah, corporate policy is corporate policy, and you know that that happens. You know, I I worked for Mattel for five and a half years. And, oh yeah. Um, you know, you want to talk about corporate policy. Uh, that thing is, it's ever changing. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, an ever shifting form, you know, and the example I'll give is as a supervising director on the monster high franchise, we did a, uh, a movie called monster high, uh, New York, New York, a high school musical. (laughs) And there was a character in it named Pharaoh and he was a rapper. I wrote 
85% of his lyrics. Okay. And for a bunch of the other songs, I wrote lyrics and came up with song ideas. I was told by Mar uh, Mattel Legal that I was not going to get credit uh, or any 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 mention of, of it. And I said, well, you know, I'm willing to sign any piece of paper that says I don't have any rights to it. I don't have any publishing. I just want to be able to have out there songs written. Dan Frega, boom, you know? Right. Uh, and they said, no, we can't do that. I said, okay. I was like, whatever. It's cool. At least when I watch it, I know those are my, my, my verses and those are, you know, my rhyme scheme. So I'm good with that. I, I know it. But then uh, a year and a half later, uh, you know, Mattel legal changes and, and there's a new person in that role, supervising director of Monster High. I moved over to Max Steele. She, the, the supervising director writes a song for her movie. She gets credit. She gets publishing. She gets all the things that they told me no. Huh. And, and I, and I'm like, what the heck? And it was just because policy had changed in the intro. That's all that had happened was policy change. And had this happened at the, the time that hers happened, I would have had, you know, eight songs under my belt. Now, Dan, so what is because because you're hitting on a lot of things that I'm very interested in in terms of corporate politics and like s censorship and, and things mm -hmm. like this. So what was the reasoning behind not giving you the, the, the financial credit for it? And then you said you're even signing off on it for just like just the credit for it. So what was the corporate mandate uh, behind the, it? the corporate mandate uh, is going to be I can give you a vague answer, but it's very it's a specific vague answer. And what that uh, is, is, is they want to reduce liability. Ah, uh, yeah. Reduce liability. Like they don't like it. It doesn't matter. Like you could have like the Titanic was the unsinkable ship. Right. But it had a liability. Uh -huh. Right. So but so they reduce liability, the liability of saying, well, we gave him credit here. So credit infers that he did that so in a way if he ever did sue us there is a percentage of a percentage that he could potentially sue us and win you know just like on a micro percentage it's a liability true but then but then later on legal changes and they go that's not a liability we sign him off on that it's you know it's just a couple of songs who cares like they shrug their shoulders who cares mm -hmm. because at the end of the day it's it they're they're paying somebody else like the people that got paid for my work were uh, a music company called format and they got the credit and the pay so at the end of the day they did pay someone and give someone credit and they treated them like that but they didn't want to do it for me because i worked in the building i see yep there's always something. yeah because yeah. art and commerce has to meet but when it meets it, it gives us bullshit like this that's correct yeah because um, everyone who does any type of creative art, their passion is ever, but they want to be able to sustain themselves from it, and that's where and that's well, why we need corporations. Well, well, yeah, exactly. But you know, there's, it's crazy because I see things around me, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and I see their successes, and I understand the way they're made and how how they're built, and uh, the best way that I try to think of things now is right. let's say you, you want to be big as Disneyland, right? You want to be Disney. Like I, I want to be Disneyland big, right? Mm -hmm. But 
if you if you woke up one morning and said, I want to be Disneyland big, and you said, how did Disneyland do it? They bought land, they hired people to make rides, they hired food people, blah, 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 right? Right. Nobody, nobody's going to come to your park, bro. <laughs> and, exactly. and, and, and I'll tell and I'll tell you why, because before there was a Disneyland, there was a Oswald rabbit and then there was a exactly. Mickey mouse and, and a Donald duck and a snow white and a Bambi and so forth and so on. And, and a man who merchandised that. And then a T- TV came into play and suddenly right. Disney was on TV and then there became a need for mm-hmm. a Disneyland. Mm-hmm. But if you out the gate said, I need a Disneyland, let's go buy land. No. So I, I, I'm of the mind, like, people need to, like, sure, you need corporations, but you could also become a corporation. But treat that corporation like a Disneyland. Have a reason for that thing. You can't just be like, I'm going to be a corporation and I'm right. going to this, that. No, nobody's going to show up. And then, like, you have to. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you just have to give people reasons to show up. Right. And and it's and it's incremental, you know. Think of, you build your audience. It's like, you know, you look at a a, a rapper like Logic, for example, mm-hmm. right? He started out in Maryland. He did his mixtapes. He did some local shows. He got up on on an opening act for some bigger people. Those bigger people heard his stuff. Some people on YouTube, this uh, gaming thing called Phase, yeah. uh, put his stuff up, which Eyeball saw him. His mixtapes gathered momentum. He kept going. He signed with Def Jam. Uh, you know, got co-signed. No ID. Uh, no. Slow build, and then suddenly, you know, his second album. All of a sudden, he's an international success with the the Hotline song. You know, mm-hmm. the the Suicide Hotline song. But if people just go, oh man, if I make a Suicide song, if I make a relevant song, I'll be as big as Logic. No, nope. That's not how that. That's not how it works. It literally works. You're an acorn. You're a little nut. Okay, you're a little nut. You gotta plant yourself. You gotta sustain yourself with sunlight and water, and you need to grow roots. And your roots need to be strong if you want to make a big ass tree. And if <laughs> your things are not strong, you're gonna fall on your ass and rot in the sun. Which is the same things that like uh, the guy that uh, the guy who brought you to uh, the comic world did with with his compatriots with Image. They worked for Marvel, the yes. major corporation, and then they saw that the shit wasn't the way it should be, so they went off on their own. They built their name there. Yeah. They branched off. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, that's exactly how it go. And like, say, uh, yeah. Kirkman, yeah, he's doing the same thing too. Like, like, like uh, was it ten years ago that him and Bendis had that debate about the about the rarefied air? And yeah. they both had good points. Yeah, so I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it, did you know you know the secret behind Kirkman getting uh, Walking Dead an image? <laughs> him trying time and time again and failing and doing shit on his own like a battle pope no no oh. battle pope was dope no but image when he brought the, the his book to image uh he they said oh we don't want a, a zombie book Zo- zombies don't sell right? right and he said it's not he told them it's not a zombie book it's actually uh an aliens book <laughs> we're gonna find out that that all of this shit is aliens right and they're like, oh, cool, yeah, no problem. So they sign, they sign him on, and he puts it on, and then they're like, uh, yo, where are the aliens at? He's like, I just said that shit to get you guys to sign me on. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Exactly. I'm like, genius. Do what you got to do. genius. Yeah, <laughs> shit's genius. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think slow build. So I, I, I say you don't need corporations. You need to have a plan, and you need to um, – 
believe in yourself, number one. Be a fan of yourself. Uh, don't let things get you down, but also know things that things beget things. Uh, you know, another way to think of things is like you, you ever play um, Super Mario Brothers or like Mario back in the day? Okay, I remember as a kid, like when I first popped that box open. This is like 1986 or something, and uh, I'm going through level one, and that fucking mushroom kept getting me. Right, <laughs> level one, like goddamn, yeah. So I'd have to go back, and I'm like, I know about that mushroom, man. I know about that mushroom, right? So long story short, play that game like two or three weeks. Even if I start at level one, I'm like, ding, 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 droop, flag, hundred percent, bam, let's go, boom, hidden world, skip the four, boom, la 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 la, you know, and you keep going. But like that first week. Man, that mushroom kept getting me, and I thought like, oh shit, maybe I, I'm not meant for Mario Brothers because that mushroom kept getting me. But I stuck in it, and level one helped me beat level four, and level four helped me beat level, you know. Right. So to the end of the game, I could, and and now if I was to to go back and play level one again, I could do that shit, chewing gum, eating the sandwich, playing hopscotch, freestyle rapping, uh, and changing a baby diaper. You That's know what I mean? Like same time, bro. Yeah, I love the same time because, but that bit, if if I had told if I had told that thirteen year old, no problem, man, you'll do this. He would have looked at me and said, "You you're absolutely crazy," but because you stick with it, and again, this is this is an analogy. If anything you want to do, the first level begets the second level, and if you work on that first right. until it's a natural thing, then level two. Everything from level one helps you in level two, and level two becomes this. And by the time you're on level four, you're like, man, I was so silly to think level one was hard. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay in and not give up. You have to stay in, and and have a plan. You know, become the corporation, and not the corporation that you don't like, but a corporation that you want to be exactly, like. Exactly right. Be be your first employee of the best company ever. Mm-hmm. And then like. It's all about evolving, which comes from like perseverance. So to, to that That's point, right. uh, let me ask you this, because uh, as you know, they did that amazing Moon Knight for me at uh, Motor yeah. City Comic Con. But that style yeah. you have employed now is different than, say, your Blood Sport or, or even your Blood Strike or your or, or your Black Panther. So how did your uh, style evolve? I saw on like on one of your Fargo booms. That you said that yeah. uh, it was kind of a conscious effort a little bit because people were kind of comparing you to others? Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't adjust your podcast listener audio record listening device. Uh, you know what I mean. Um, that's That was me bearing the lead um, in regards to what Dan Frega is going to answer answer next to the very probing question that I did. Thank you for, I mean, you're welcome for seeing a, a, what a journalist I am. Um, so tune in next time to find out what will Dan Frega say to answer this question. What will he say? And we'll also talk about some other cool things next time on TSBOF, the podcast. All right.